Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, from What Culture Star Wars, and we are here to talk today about the most recent installment of The Mandalorian. Chapter 14 gave us the return of Boba Fett and the abduction of the child, setting up a big doozy of an episode directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Chapter 15 sees Din Djarin and the gang recruit Migs Mayfell to locate Moff Gideon's Starcruiser to rescue Grogu. What ensues is a fun heist-esque adventure that turns one of Mando's more insignificant characters into a genuinely interesting presence. With me today to talk about the episode is none other than Ben Roy Turner. Say hi, Ben Roy. Hello there. Not hi. We, ne- we don't say hi. We don't say hi in the galaxy far, far away. No, no, we don't. It's always hello to, there. I need to condition it out yes. my brain but ben roy what did you think of chapter 15 so i came into this straight away and i the, the, the ooh, bang in there the judgy <laughs> critic eyes and i was like oh, what's going on here are we going to have another sort of side sort of side quest and it, it inherently it was but it turned into one of the my more enjoyable episodes of the series like as soon as we got going within the first five minutes i was i was i was hooked in i was i was strapped in i was ready to go and i was in into this sort of plan of uh mando and uh mayfair is it mayfair migs migs mayfeld migs mayfeld sorry rubbish today uh (laughs) mando migs mayfeld uh going into an imperial base to get some information like it's the simplest of plots that sometimes work as well as they do and all you need to do is just have that simple outlining and it goes from what we expect to just be you know just a little bit of a little bit of a heist to delving into the what i'm going to call the imperial guilt and delving into like sort of like not everyone in the empire or everyone who has been in the empire empire is just a reckless space nazi in fact most of them are actually just humans Uh, yeah i mean i i totally agree with you when the episode was starting off and i did think it was quite i thought a lot of the dialogue was a little bit cliched. The whole framing and setup felt a little bit kind of boring to me and predictable. And obviously, you know, something being predictable isn't, you know, a bad mark of a bad, a mark of a bad story or anything. It's just that, you know, it's, it's in anything. It shows that the writers are doing their job, but I definitely agree with you. This episode grew on me. Um, and I thought that, Migs Mayfeld kind of just stole stole the whole thing. We had some great action set pieces over the course of the episode, and I must say I'm enjoying um, Boba Fett and Fennec being a part of the cast again. Um, seeing them all in the Slave One is never going to get old to me, no. and especially just hearing Tamura Morrison's dulcet tones come out of Boba Fett's armor, which gets a nice little cleanup for this episode, I should add. It's the cleanest Boba Fett's armor has ever, ever looked, yes. uh, and that's really cool. But yeah, I totally agree. Um, 
obviously, you know, the episode the, the recruitment may failed after, you know, he's, he's working on some sort of scrapper heap dismantling TIE fighters. And there's some interesting tension between him and obviously Cara Dune because she was a former rebel shock trooper and Miggs was on the side of the Empire during the Galactic Civil War. And we get some lots of cool, like you say, lots of cool um, a look into Miggs's character. And, you know, when we saw him in season one, um, that particular episode, I forget the, the chapter title or even which one it occurred, but the heist episode where they go in to bust out um, yeah. What's-His-Face. It wasn't one of my favourites, but I think Miggs as a character, really, I, I'm really interested by him now. And I, I wonder, having watched this episode now, whether this is the beginnings of the Rangers of the New Republic, potentially. You know, could we see Miggs, you know, in that moment where he kind of, you know, when he reaches, you know, he gets into the officer's mess and Din is kind of looking at him as he's like trying to like bluff their way through and he slowly gets more and more angry with this Imperial officer who he served under yeah. during Operation Cinder, which is obviously a massive, you know, we're talking about events post-Return of the Jedi in terms of the Empire's collapse. Cinder is like the coup de grace, you know, we see it in Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's the Emperor's last stab before, he, you know, he kicks the bucket where they basically just genocide multiple planets. Um, and if I, I can't I th- have it, no one will. Exactly. And I thought the um, the character performances in the episode were really good. The, like we mentioned, you know, Bill Burr as, as Miggs was a definite highlight. But I also thought the guy who played the Imperial officer was really good too. I thought he had a, a great presence to him. Yeah, Richard, um, Richard Brake is always a really sort of... He's normally a bit more seedy and a lot more greasy than this. What else has he been in? He has been in the Doom movie... He oh has, wow! He has been in uh, the Kingsman, uh, Hannibal. I don't know Hannibal two thousand seven. Oh, and, oh, uh, that uh, one Hannibal of my Rising. favorites. Uh, yes, he's also in um, Free from Hell, so he replaces one of the family members in that. I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay. But, well, I thought uh, uh, Mandy as well. That's the only one I said. He's in. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought he was really good. You know, in terms of like a short-lived imperial character, he made yeah. one heck of an impression. Um, and. You know, like the, the, that moment where, where um, Miggs basically turns around and decides that, you know, he's just going to... It reminded me a lot of Django Unchained when Schultz has had enough with Calvin Condy yes. and um, just blows him away and just kind of says, you know what, screw it, forget the consequences. This guy is a real piece of work and I'm going to provide some restorative justice right now. Um, and again, I just thought... He, Miggs as a character, this, this episode completely transformed me and won me over and I thought that was probably the best thing about it. And that, yeah, and also his logic into this, it just shows like a different perspective on things can change everything. Like, we've mm-hmm. not even touched on the bit I'm just going to bring up now, Din having, like, questioning, like, having to change out of the Mando yes. uniform and yeah, yeah. dawn the Stormtrooper uniform and then questioning, well, is it really the same? What are you doing at this point? Are you just are you because you were meant to not take the man the helmet off right but you're just covering your face so what's going on here and questioning these values like like many things like uh, is it all just down to interpretation and maybe one side interprets it this way and another side interprets it this way but maybe it's a bit more like this or maybe we should all be a bit more chill about things mm-hmm. yeah yeah it kind of to me it, it built off some of the themes we saw in the last jedi you know when we get introduced to, to DJ's character and that, and you know, we we go to Canto Bite and we see that, yeah. you know, the arms dealers of the galaxy, you know, they don't really care who's in charge as long as they can kind of sell weapons. And there's the kind of that similar 
element here where you have the empire and mining rhodium rhodium something i've completely forgotten rhodium yeah rhodium another star wars mineral to add to the collection of star wars minerals but yeah an explosive one yeah yeah i just thought you know i I thought that was really clever i love it when star wars delves into the, the nuance side of things um but yeah let's let's talk about din because I, I thought this was an interesting moment from him as well. And it's always, I'm, ne- I'm never going to complain about seeing Pedro Pascal's beautiful face on camera because he's great. Um, and it was just, I, I enjoy how far he is willing to go to get Grogu yeah. back right now. And again, you know, building off what we saw in the last episode where, you know, he was having that internal debate with himself even if he didn't quite realize it of, you know, the Mandalorian creed or letting Grogu go or whatever. And now here, he's beginning to realize what's important to him. And that is, of course, his adoptive green son and how he is willing to sacrifice all tradition because traditional mean nothing if you lose your loved ones. And I, I thought the, um, the, the threat at the end, you won't get this reference, Ben Roy, but there was a, there's a really good Batman comic called Batman Year One. Okay. Uh, and there's a fantastic moment where Batman gate crashes like all the the corrupt people of gotham and gives a big speech about how he's going to make their lives live in hell and i love that it kind of reminded me a lot of that and i i loved seeing there's something very powerful about seeing dinjar and just go up in a hologram and see moff gideon squirm just a little bit we, when he repeats moff gideon's like opening lines pretty much yeah the um, end of the first season you see moff gideon sort of like, Oh God! Oh, was that was that? A, I, I completely forgot the dialogue. That yeah, was this in... is something very important to me. Yes, it's it's pretty oh. much almost word for word what Moff Gideon says in that episode. Wow, I didn't spot that. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why um, he was kind of like a sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was already like oh because Moff Gideon's on the screen, but then when I heard, see that, you know, oh, this is like a nice twist of fate. Like now he's being hunted, even mm-hmm. though he, he might have this sort of superior firepower, like death troopers and. God knows what else he's got on the starship there because it's like yeah. a big cruiser, so like it's no small fry. But it, it's because this is heading up to the last episode. One yeah, I was gonna. I was about to ask. Do we even know how long the next episode's gonna be? You would hope like almost an hour. Like it has like, to be a meaty yeah. one because like the way it was going, I kind of thought it was gonna be a two-part finale almost. Yeah. Um. But you know, obviously, you know, I'm I'm curious immediately to know where Gideon is going. You got to assume that it's Camino or something to do with Pershing's, you know, origins and in that kind of area. Yeah. Um. And I'm also curious to see whether or not we get a fight on Star Cruise. I want to know who's going to come into this finale. We have so many different characters that we have met in this series. And we have so much left to resolve. You know, we have the whole Darksaber thing with Bo-Katan. Um, we have Boba's arc that's kind of coming into play now as well, um, which is just really exciting. And it's also a little bit disappointing in the sense that we only have one more episode to go. And we're already fully aware that not everything we want to see resolved is going to get closure. Well, that's good. That, that's the sound of a good series, right? Because now if mm. you think back to it, well, we had one, I would say one episode that I would say was eh, and like the rest of them have yeah. been like living up to, and they've all been building on each other and making each one of them sort of feel more valuable. I think mm. that's probably because we each episode would be going, oh, this character's in live action. And like there's always, they've always bring in something else back in there and they've left things over our heads and like the Mandalorian has so much substance to it now and it's sort of like skirting around and it's weird because like 
you've got to feel like if they do like say a 30 39 minute episode and they do something like majorly for god forbid they kill off boba fett or something like that i would oh mate no they can't. i've already i've already spe- people have already said that well people have already been speculating online that maybe now the razor crest is kaput Boba yeah. Fett will realize his full arc of like, oh, I could never, you know, I, I, I've tried all my, I don't want to, maybe he'll sacrifice himself for, for Din because he sees himself in Grogu and doesn't want to see another father figure die like he had with Django. I mean, that is a clever way of doing it, but you can't bring back Boba, make us all love him and then do that. My heart would break into a bajillion tiny pieces. Turn the most non-character sort of basically a toy into a character. Like, I mean, he was, for anyone, he was ruthless and he was all this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of meat to the bone and turn, mm. then take it away from us. That'd be such a horrible sort of turn. But you mm. could almost see it happen. But like, yeah. you've got to imagine that he sticks around or he's like, you know, I'm going this way now. See you later sort of thing. Well, yeah, no, we've, we've had, obviously, there, were, there was the Disney investor call. Um, if we'll have, I imagine it won't be live yet, but we have a, a big breakdown of all the big Star Wars announcements coming to what culture Star Wars. So keep your eyes peeled for that over the course of the weekend. Should be out by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously we got two new, Mandalorian spin-off announcements and for a while now we've had the rumored Boba Fett spin-off you know deadline reported on it earlier this year um and it was conspicuously absent as a part of Lucasfilm's presentation yesterday however um I would not be surprised one bit if it comes to be a part of Rangers of the New Republic and I only say that because um obviously you know from what we know of Boba Fett's character during the original trilogy in terms of the current canon and the the comics and and other expanded material that has currently been fleshing out his character in between episodes four and five, which is where the main Star Wars comics have taken place for the most part, apart from recently where they've gone to between five and six. Um, Fett is ruthless and the Empire just happens to kind of, it's a convenience for him, you know, he's he's got a lot of anger, he's very ruthless and he takes his anger out that way and we see him, you know, obviously he's the one who informs Darth Vader that Luke, the, the pilot who blew up the Death Star is Luke Skywalker and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think Boba will have evolved to a point now after, I mean, look, being in the belly of a Sarlacc will change things to you. It'll do crazy things to your brain. Um, and I, I, do, I do think right now that maybe he has enough of a personal stake in this fight that he becomes a sort of freelancer for the New Republic. And maybe these ranges of the New Republic type thing could be him and Fennec taking down bounties in the outer rim for the for the new hunting down almost do it like um aftermath yeah. where you're hunting down imperial war criminals you know that would be really interesting as well um but where, where do you see boba's destiny lying you know we've just talked about how he could potentially be killed off which i really don't want to happen but it seems feasible the more and more i talk about it or do you see him having an appearance in rangers or maybe even the ahsoka show it's weird because i feel like uh, some of these are going to end up with cara din because mm. I feel like she's some of like Boba Fett's got to be on sort of like a um, a record somewhere, right? There's got to be sort of like things like he's wanted in these systems and sort of things. So uh, <laughs> I think they'd recognise my face. <laughs> yeah, and um, I can't remember what the co-pilot was who turned up for a second episode, sort of like you know walking around like a traffic warden. So mm. like, oh, you could come in the. I reckon he would know Boba Fett straight away and be trying to arrest him as well. So mm. I feel like we're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, maybe him and Cara Dinner for a, is it Cara Dinner? Yes, yeah, Cara June. Yeah, yeah, are around for a little while. It's, it's. I think it's stupid to kill him now. I think it's too soon, too soon. Mm-hmm. 
but um, <laughs> I think he originally, I, I, the Rangers of the New Republic is probably the smart thing to do. Like mm-hmm. bring in some heavyweights from this show and then let them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bring in nurture and then let Bubba maybe sort of like spell off after that. There's no... Yeah. The, the, the scope is limitless right now. I know, I know we always want to always talk about it in Star Wars, and it kind of feels like small galaxy syndrome with all these characters we kind of like sort of know so well. But when characters like Boba has been around forever and mm-hmm. in canon dates back to the Attack of the Clones, we still don't know that oh, that much Mate, about him. You've just made me, you know, I forgot to mention how great that moment was in this episode where they dropped the most satisfying. Star Wars has a lot of satisfying noises, right? Whether yeah, it be oh, like yes. the lightsaber, you know, blasters, whatever. The TIE fighter screeching noise or the TIE fighter blasters. I'm sorry. The concussion mines that the Slave One drops is like ear smut. It's yes. ear smut. It's just, it's all, oh, you drop it and you, you the, the sound delays and it just goes. I love that so much. Sorry, I absolutely love that moment in this episode. But yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see how this all kind of pans out. And obviously, you know, we're talking about Mandalorian characters that appeared in um other Star Wars media recently. Uh there is a frame in the Bad Batch trailer where you can see Fennec Shand as well. So it's great to see, you know, Ming Na Wen's character getting more exploration there. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it leads me to believe as well that she's gonna take a more pivotal role going forward. You hope so, because it feels like this is the teeing off point for these characters to become. It, it, it's weird. It feels like I'm talking wrestling here. It's like you put you put the little pe- the little known people with it, so like a bigger person, and then mm-hmm. it's exposure, like sort of that thing. I think Dinjarin, especially in Boba Fett and Cara uh, Cara like um, they all resonate sort of popularity and if just characters being around them is just going to help them grow and help them spin off to or jump off to have their own shows like say mm-hmm. whoever is in the ranges of the new republic and i just think that's it's, it's perfectly made for them to sort of like go off in that way i may i'm thinking more like we need to get uh dinjarin another ship before boba boba <laughs> boba 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 boba
I think we get a bit more bobber next season. I think that's my that's my prediction, and I think I have. It's weird because someone's got do you think someone's got to die next episode to make it sort of like to bring the stakes up because we've not really had any major humanoid yeah uh, i feel like die yet obviously there was ig11 but yeah i mean i think i i don't know i i'm so endeared to most of this cast of characters now um that i I, i'd be very upset if someone were to kick the bucket and again you know Talking about, I guess, you know, that's the other thing as well, in terms of what Disney showed off yesterday. Uh, obviously, we all know that Man- The Mandalorian Season 3 is happening, and, you know, all the reports are saying that it's currently, you know, in production or whatever. Um, it was strangely absent from yesterday's thing. And we obviously got Rage of the New Republic and Ahsoka coming, which leads me to believe that something truly terrifying <laughs> is going to happen next week. I don't know what, but the fact that it was so conspicuously absent, you know, all we got was the um, the sizzle reel of season yeah. two moments we've seen so far. Um, so I'm very excited and apprehensive about what might be coming our way uh, next week because they didn't reveal much of, you know, Rangers. And obviously we know that Ahsoka, we, the Ahsoka spinoff was pretty much, you know, spelled out for us in chapter 13, where yeah. it was like, where is Grand Admiral for? We can all, you know, obviously assume that that will spawn, spin off into Star Wars Rebels sequel animated series that has obviously been rumored for a while now as well. Um, but we don't know what the plot of Rangers is yet. And I'm, I'm getting more and more, the more I'm talking about this, the more like fear is generating right now. Yeah. And I'm worried the more I talk about it, the more it will manifest because I don't, I don't want something terrible to happen. But again, I thought, you know, I imagine something is so, something so big will happen next week. And that is the reason why they couldn't really talk much about Mandalorian season three, maybe. I don't know. They could have just dropped an announcement saying it's coming, but you know. If you're going to, if you're going to kill Moff Gideon off, uh, Grogu gets free and, He's about to kill Din Djarin and then um, Grogu does unlimited power to Moff Gideon and just just <laughs> In baby speak. Just force light blah, blah, blah. to nothing sort of thing. Uh, but um, it's, it's weird because I wanted to do a massive like U-turn and go back to like um, Din because I feel like I like how much we've gone from I will never take off this to I will lift it up to have a drink to being around other Mandalorians and now accepting that maybe the helmet thing isn't so important. Maybe I was radicalized as a child. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that I was a bit wrong, but it, it's and this just having having exposure to a few different Mandalorians. I feel like even like on a viewer term, like I can see I could totally accept him taking his helmet off and be like a bit more fine. Like that episode where we got to see um Pedro Pascal's face and mm-hmm. let him do some facial acting, like, you know, it, it was it was nice. It was nice. It's to see. great. That bit when he had the little the shake of his head right now, when uh, Mig starts poking the Imperial officer, and he just kind of looks at him and just goes like that. That was brilliant. Yeah. I honestly, like, I, I can't. I, I, um, I definitely think that's where it's going to go. And you know, I assume that when when Bo-Katan returns, he'll feel ready to take his you know his helmet off. Potentially, we still don't know. We still have so many different plot points left to resolve. There's the dark saber. We know Dana has the Beskar spear now. Um, it, it seems as though he's going to duel Moff Gideon. I feel as though that's the only reason why you give that weapon to Din is you know yeah. you show that it's capable of fending off lightsaber attacks and he'll can I, uh, yeah. Can I also ask you in Star Wars, what do you think the logic is for a vehicle not being a floating speeder? Why do you think vehicles don't float? Like, what's the reason there? 
Uh, durability, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's something to do with the fact that maybe hovercraft are slightly yeah. more susceptible to breaking down or whatever. Um, maybe that's the reason why. I wouldn't say, you know, to talk about that heist action sequence, because I really liked it. It was like a classic train robbery. I yeah. love the moment where Din puts his you know, his arm up to try and block the attack from the spear. And his piece of crap Imperial armor just breaks apart. It's just to show how shoddy and cheap the Empire are. I love that moment loads. Um, yeah, <laughs> not much else to say there. I just thought it was a great moment. That, that whole chase was done well because right away, so like from the truck, uh, trucks, uncle uh, trucks uh, exploding off in the distance in front mm-hmm. that you didn't see them, you just saw explosions come up from the jungle. That like, that sort of set an ominous tone straight away, like that. Mm-hmm. Like th- that also made that almost made like the chase enough to be like sort of substance enough for this episode. And then from where we go into a nice little sit down scene, like you just just kept sort of ramping up in different ways or ramping down if you would like have you, like going from the, the the highs of the chase down to sort of like the tension of the conversation which is um, something that i i like that they're exploring but yeah that chase not to just like gush like oh i'm gushing but like i feel like it just set up so well uh and it almost felt like you know something you don't show the monster you don't show what's happening and then it turns out to be a couple of um couple of uh, rowdy lads on a speeder and then <laughs> and then it just the couple same rowdy lads but standing in a different combination yeah and then, and then they're just wearing different uh tops afterwards but yeah it was um it was it kind of worked it was also like with things like it's nice to see the shore troopers again out of a road yeah park. yeah that was cool i enjoyed that a lot i thought that that was great to see it and it also you know in a way illustrates how the empire is short of resources you know yeah. they, not all of them are in the shiny new imperial arm and they've got to still bust out the old classic shore trooper look yeah. um which is interesting in and of itself um yeah <laughs> so so predictions for episode, next episode really is like how uh do, when uh din and moff gideon collide does it does just moff gideon get it get it in the does he go does he get right. it in the, the ground this, this is this is a thing, right? And it's a testament to Giancarlo Esposito's abilities as like a character actor, because even when he has nothing to do, he can totally sell you on a character's unspoken history, you know, their intimidation, yeah. their presence, whatever. He is a fantastic presence on screen. Uh, and Moff Gideon, even if he was killed off right now, he would still be a great Star Wars villain based on what we've seen of him. But equally, I will be very miffed if they kill him off next week um solely because we know nothing about him other than that he faked his death and came back and is now involved in a plot to steal midichlorian blood and siphon it off to some other scheme or somewhere um and i need to know more about him and he, and i want to know what his connection is to bogatan because obviously i want to know how he got the dark saber did he beat her in in rightful combat and take it that way or did he steal it did thrawn give it to him did whatever you know there are so many questions left to be answered right now um and given you know i think we don't know how many seasons of the mandalorian there are going to be um but you would yeah. hope that gideon becomes a recurring character and you know foil for for din jaren you don't, i don't want him to kick the bucket so early on i think because we're placing such a like 
we're not placed like you know the rogue ones so or someone like krennic had to die like all these characters where were they so it's always the sour thing of where were these characters and they're all there like so mm. where was mace windu well he got melted uh but um <laughs> this having it set here because there's so much time between return of the jedi and the force awakens half of this lot would be in retirement age by the time the force awakens happens anyway yeah. so it's you can get around it like that and I feel like there's real scope for this character. There's real scope for a lot of them, to be fair. Like, I feel like more so than anything, out of the, all of the Star Wars, new Star Wars, like, has been more sort of like, it feels like thoughts and sort of like love and care going into these than, like, say, the main cast of the new trilogy in a way. Like, it's really weird how in such a short space of time, I feel like I'm more attached to these characters than some of the others in, in certain ways. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, the, for example, like, uh, Moff Gideon, uh for me was is is be more impactful than anyone in the first order like uh i can't remember who is it we brought in for 10 minutes in rise of skywalker just to be oh admiral pride richard e grant's <laughs> yeah. completely throwaway character yeah yeah just like uh pride for a bit there sort of thing like it's that's how not today even um with uh was it richard blake's character where he was just like another naughty like someone he like, was great honestly he was, was proud he was the, of operation cinder and stuff like that like, he was the best he was the best performance in that episode i thought because he just sold all the un, all the unspoken or unseen history you know for a lot of people here at the empire which i thought was great but um yeah that, just to just to kind of end this chat um where do you see um, you know, we're talking about Mando going up against Moff Gideon yes. um, next week. It might be too far to look oh. ahead, but oh my God, he's gone dark. I've gone. He's, go- he's gone. He's completely vanished away. It's like that bit in uh, The Empire Strikes Back when um, Luke Skywalker takes off in the X-Wing and then it goes real dark for a bit. He's come back. <laughs> uh, people who are listening on audio platforms won't know this, but Ben Roy's lights just completely went out. And I was left there like ghost Obi-Wan talking to Yoda about how there is another. But, <laughs> the um, bunker I am at the moment, the motion sensors didn't pick up. So there we go. But yeah, um, I guess we could end it there. I was going to ask a question about, you know, where we think this is going, but we've kind of already covered it in terms of, you know, the duel between um, Din Djarin and Gideon. Well, how we think Boba is going to come into play, how we think Fennec is going to come into play, how we think, you know, we know that Grief and, and Cara Dune will be along for the ride as well. And we're, yeah. fingers crossed that Bo-Katan and her Mandalorian clan come into this too. Um, there are so many, so many questions left to be answered. And obviously, you know, the Mandalorian's universe keeps on getting bigger. We have the range of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Um, and it's, yeah, just a crazy good time to be a Star Wars fan, am I right? Yeah, and I'm going to say I think this should end on a darker note and this should be like, you know, if we, let, let's let's end this series on like say, Din Djarin's going to have to get something accomplished whenever we get the next series of uh, Mando. That hmm. or uh, Paul Moff Gideon is going to get lightened to death by Grogu. <laughs> I um I I think I'd love to see that, but yeah, uh, let us know what you thought of the Mandalorian chapter fifteen. It is chapter fifteen, chapter fifteen. Yes. The believer down in the comments below, or reach out to us with your thoughts on social media at What Culture Star Wars, and also remember to like the video if you enjoyed it, and head over to What Culture Star Wars on YouTube because if you didn't know already, there's a lot more Star Wars coming, and we want to be there with you every single step of the way. If you want to find more of me on Twitter, you can do at you and ruins things and you can find more of ben roy on twitter at at ben roy turner but that is all for now have a great day and we will see you soon bye goodbye there 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.